um, I don't think anything else in the world. I can't remember anything being serious enough for me to cry about other than my children. And whatever else happened in my life, it was like, oh well. Oh well. But it didn't take nothing for me to cheer up when it came to you guys. You guys were not judgmental. You didn't need to know why things were a certain way. As long as daddy loved you and I would go to hell to bat or anything else for you guys. Um, if you really want to get me cranked up for real, mess with my children. But I've had a good life, baby. Uh, not an easy life, but things that I took pleasure from, most pleasure from, were from my children. Well, not many men has been afforded that. And welcome to the intro to Real Dads at Work podcast. This will be the Real Dads at Work podcast. With me, your host, Dan Jenkins. We'll be interviewing several individuals, some friends, some family. But I'll be interviewing people, chopping it up with them about their experiences, their stories, their lives, their guidance, and things they've been through and experienced as uh, dads. This podcast is not to bash mothers or forget mothers or dismiss them. But what it is is to highlight dads, showcase dads that are positive role models, dads that are doing great things in the lives of their children and trying to rear them and build them up to be positive role models, positive individuals in society. We want to we wanna showcase that. I've looked around and... I've done my research, and recently there's been a lot of outlets for dads. There's been a lot of a lot of publications, I'll say, a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows and things geared towards dads. But when I first started my research and first started looking up and planning this out, there wasn't many things out there for dads. Like if you go into a grocery store or Barnes & Nobles, any place like that, you'll see magazines for mothers. You'll see magazines about Mother Today, Raising Your Child, Mother to Be. There's a lot of things get towards mothers, but there's nothing out there for the dads. There's nothing out there for us to review. There's nothing out there for us to share and experience the joys of fatherhood. So I said, hey, why not come up with a podcast? Why not come up with a whole platform that to give the opportunity for dads to chime in? Dads to check in and say, hey, this is what I've been through. Hey, this is what I experienced. This has been my greatest joy. This has been my greatest mistake. This has been my best practices. Or the reason why I am who I am today is because of the father figure or the father had in my life. And this is how I mix the two. This is how I blend what they taught me, blend what I've learned through life, and how I've adjusted it to fit. My platform and how I've adjusted to fit my my household and my family. So, I will share my stories of fatherhood. Um, I have three kids. I have a fifteen year old, soon to be sixteen year old. I have a seven year old, and I have a three year old. So, 
as you can see, my span is wide. Like it's real crazy the differences and ages of my kids. But you know, hey, I love them. These are my my babies, especially my big girl. She'll always be my baby. That was my first baby, Katie. Katie was born in two thousand five. In August of 2005 She was actually born during Hurricane Katrina weekend And those of you who know Atlanta was getting We didn't suffer what New Orleans did of course But we were, it was raining and pouring And I get the phone call Hey I'm going to the hospital I think I'm in labor I'm not feeling right It was a lot going on So my mother gets to the hospital I get there and we start going through all the uh, motions because uh, Katie was laying on the cord. So she kept rolling and laying on the cord. She turned, twist, and lay on the cord, and they couldn't get the heartbeat. They was like, hey, she's not getting any oxygen every time she rolls and lays on the cord. We need to induce labor. So they start to induce labor, and when I tell you the natural childbirth is the most beautifulest, disgustingest thing you will ever see in your life, It'd be, it's beautiful because it's a child coming into the world the, the human body, the female body is pushing out another living thing Another living human being is being pushed out and entered into this world So it's absolutely beautiful to see When you look, you're like, oh wow, there really is Like you see all the sonograms and you've read all the books and you've seen anything So you know it's a human living inside another human But when you see it as they push through and as they take that first breath and all that, it's absolutely beautiful. On the flip side, the things the body is doing during that time is absolutely ridiculous and disgusting. It's mind-blowing. But, hey, it's a, it's an experience. It's something that um, every man should have the opportunity to experience when they're having a child. And I would, just, I would push for it. Like, if you... If you can be in that room, if you can be in that delivery and holding that leg or rubbing that back or whatever you're doing to see that, you got to do it, man. It's absolutely amazing and disgusting at the same time. So far with Katie, I say um, my greatest joy is just being able to see her maturation. She started off as a real shy type child, and she's just grown and matured and come out of her shell. And seeing her maturation is just, it warms my heart. It's touched me in ways that I didn't think I could be touched as far as like emotionally, but it's absolutely great. I'd say some of my mistakes, quote unquote, air quotes, hit the fingers, is that um, I don't think I pushed her enough as a child. I think a lot of times I coddled her and I just like placated her because she's my baby. She's my first. I just was rubbing that bag. What you want, baby? Here you go. What you want to do? Here you go. You don't want to do this? No worries. But I've learned through um, that experience, and now with my uh, new kids, I'm doing much better. Now I'm pushing, like, nah, you can't do that. Now, here you go. You're going to do this. You're going to do it. I don't care if you don't like doing it, but you're going to do it. But it's taught me, and being a dad, that's what it's all about, is learning and experiencing different things so you can be better for yourself, for the next child. If you have a next child, oh, be better for that father figure that you're going to be in others' lives. The next one up was EJ, little Elijah. He... Was born C-section He was doing the same thing He was laying on his cord Sitting on his cord They was like Ah oh, nah We gotta go So I'm in the We in the hospital And they're like Yeah we're gonna induce And they try to induce Try to induce It just wouldn't work So I'm sitting there Playing on my computer And I'm Eating some food And 
the whole nursing staff runs by me full speed. So I drop my food. I jump up. I run in the room behind them, and they're like, oh, we don't hear no heartbeat. C-section. We on it. Let's go. So she, they start prepping her and doing all the stuff. She's freaking out. My wife is going crazy. She's freaking out. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to wait. I think it'll be okay. The doctor's like, yeah, nah, we're not doing this. He done flipped over on his cord one too many times. We hitting this, uh, we hitting the C-section. So during the C-section, it's disturbing for me as a, um, as a human, as a person. I can't speak for anybody else that's been around it, but sitting there holding her hand on the table and feeling them literally move her organs around and move her body parts around as they pull the baby out freaked me all the way out. And my wife and Thea, she was already kind of, you know, she's off. She's loopy on the medicine. She's already kind of crying because she didn't want to go through it. She wanted to have natural childbirth. And I'm looking, and as they raised the baby, the doctor really did raise the baby, raise EJ up on some, uh, on some Simba from Lion King. <laughs> they held up, and when I saw him, and he had so much hair, he was so, you, you all know my complexion. He was so damn light, damn near white. And it was like, your eyes got 10 times big and you just looked in love. And I can only say, like, being a dad, as my first boy, I was hyped. I was, literally fell in love right there because it was a boy. That's my, that's my lineage. That's what's going to carry on who I am and what my family is through the years. So that was just absolutely amazing. Now, raising a boy is absolutely insane, like really amazing. Like, um, but one thing I say about raising a boy as, as a man, it never gets, it's always uncomfortable because you're always dealing with a, another male's penis. So trying to always wipe him and clean him and help him. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, get it together. I'm not going to be doing this for you. Like... You passed that stage. You you won. You got the diapers. <laughs> you know how to do stuff. I'm not gonna keep uh trying to clean your penis and help you do stuff. Like as long as it's not hurting, as long as you don't do nothing to it, leave me alone. Handle your business, little dude. I come check on you every once in a while, make sure you clean in the right way. But like those first couple of uh first couple of times when you go to wake him up and and he's getting his uh morning wood on, you're like, wait a minute, like how do you have morning wood already? And you're still a child. Like, what What are you thinking about? Like, what's going through your mind at this point? So having a boy is something something really different, like I said. But um, when the doctor raised him up after, after the C-section, it just was a amazing look in my eyes. It was truly just one of those uh, love at first sights because that your, that's your lineage. Like I said, it really is what's going to carry you on and carry on what you have in life. Then came little Ava. Little Ava is the same um same situation and same issue as the other two. She's laying on a cord and flipping on a cord and doing all type of other stuff. So now it's time to have to go ahead and um do this C section action. And again, we're doing the C section and <laughs> I'm again sitting there holding her hand and they're moving her around and pulling her out and just 
it's disturbing to know that they're actually moving, shaping, and rearranging organs in order to get to the baby. So Ava comes out, and I look at Ava, and I was like, look at this one. From the start, she just looked like the firecracker that she is now, the spark plug, the energy of the house. She is her mother's child. Like, she has all of the energy and all of the just get up and go 100 miles an hour. Like, girl, sit down someplace. And those of you that know my wife know she's always got the energy. She's always just social butterfly, ready for action, and that's what Ava is. At three, she's always bouncing around here, always wants to play, gets up, says she wants to get dressed, she wants to be a princess. Just She's just... It's amazing. And the contrast between her and Katie is amazing because Katie, growing up, I never had to worry about nails, hair, makeup, none of the girly, girly stuff. I never had to worry about. Ava's three, and she's already asking for makeup. She's already wants to be a princess. She always wants to wear a dress. So it's going to be quite an experience raising another one that is the exact opposite and I'm going to love the experience and I'm going to be sharing it with you all. But it's going to be quite a difference to see uh, who's who. And um, <clears throat> so far, like you can't even really express uh, greatest moments when your kids are like their age, seven and three, or your greatest mistakes. Because you really haven't, you're still raising them. So those mistakes haven't come in as of yet. And with it being to the point where I've had a... 15 year old like I kind of know Which way to gear and which way to maneuver Now to Avoid some of those maybe mistakes Or maybe misguided Decisions that are being made But it's all going smooth and I'm Loving every minute of it And not to Toot my own horn but I think I've been doing great as a dad Uh, It's it's evidence of it Because other people keep making me the Godfather of their kids Like I don't know what in the world's going on like outside of my own three, I probably have about a total of eight kids when you count all the God kids I have. Cause I've, I've come to a understanding that a lot of kids need guidance. They need a male figure in their life. Even if they already have a father, they need that other male figure. They need different outlets in order to be able to express who they are, express what they're going through and express what they want to be. Sometimes that one person isn't enough. They need another guidance. And those that don't have father figures in their life, I'm there to put a foot in their butt and raise my voice and just hit that hit that baritone just enough to scare them into getting their life right and acting accordingly. Because especially young males, they're gonna need that guidance. They need that that straight and narrow street to walk down so they can be Everything that they're supposed to be in life So they can be everything that they should be And be that positive influence That positive role model in their life And in the lives of others So again, like I said at the start like This podcast is going to be strictly geared towards Showcasing dads express, Dads expressing their love for their kids Dads sharing their stories And just overall promoting us, man We do, we do a great job And I know more good dads than I do bad dads, but the narrative that's out is that people are deadbeats, people aren't taking care of their kids, or they don't do enough, or all they do is like 
support and protect the family that they're not actually there on the floor playing Hot Wheels and playing Legos and dressing up Barbies. Like the other day, I sat on the couch for about an hour and dressed and undressed Barbies all day, like <laughs> like I was a, a like I was a, a designer for Vogue or something. I just kept changing outfits, just. Being that person that she needed at the in that moment, in that moment, she just needed a, a friend, and that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're about. Um, I can't wait to see my children grow to that stage where some of my um, family members and friends, where their kids are now adults. I can't wait for the day to see my kids as adults, just so I can see who they become. Like, are they going to be me? Are they going to be their moms? Are they going to be this whole other person that's a mix? Like, I think that's going to be a great joy in my life to see them get to that point. I see the joy in um, some of my f- friends and family faces when they see their kids. And they look at them like, almost like they pat themselves on the back. Like, yeah, I did good. I did good with this one. And it's wonderful to see. And I want to get to that level. I want to get to that point. I think Katie will be there. Katie's been doing great. Like she's really matured into a into a mini adult. Like she's taking initiative. So that's the joy I see in her right now. She's taking that initiative. The joy I see in Elijah right now is he's he's me. He's loving. He's caring. He's gonna sit down and hug people. He's gonna talk to people. Now he's a little bit more uh, sociable than me because y'all know I get my uh, hermit crab on. But he's um. He's loving, he's caring. And when I look at Ava, my joy of her right now is the the joy of a of a wild eyed child. Like she just has no care. She has no fear. And she's just living the world of a child who really doesn't who hasn't been exposed to the ills of the world. Like she just enjoying life and it's great to see. And I think everybody should be able to experience that. Everybody should be able to be a part of their um, of their child's lives. Dads need to really be a part of that. One, to see it because it'll change you. And two, you got to be that role model. You got to be that person that they can look to and say, that's my dad or my dad loves me. My dad cares for me. My dad is here for me. Whether it be playing, talking, holding, coddling, feeding, whatever it is, they'll know and they'll experience that love. Now, I will tell you one thing. Being a dad will make you a punk. It will make you soft because I really be on some got to suck tears up from watching movies or watching TV shows, watching commercials. I'm like, why am I emotional about this? And I realize that once you start having kids and you start being fully responsible for other lives, you change inside. At least you should change inside. And it should touch you in a certain way where things become Emotional, certain things you'll see will trigger emotions in you because it could be your child or could be a situation you're in. And it's got to make you feel good. Like, I think one of the biggest things that always gets me is these military people where the child comes back and the child or the spouse has been gone for many years or like six, seven months. And then when they come running back or running out the back and the parents or the spouse hugs them. Like that military stuff gets me every time. It's absolutely amazing. I'm a punk now. I think anytime you uh you experience childbirth, you witness childbirth, or you have kids, you end up becoming soft and becoming a punk. But um, you know, it is what it is. Hey, 
you got to be uh, able to express and show that uh, love and emotion to your children anyway. So you might as well have it on deck and have it ready. Well, those are my some of my experiences throughout this um, podcast. You'll hear some more of my experiences, some more of my stories. You will hear stories from several other people, my friends, my family. I'm going to get some of them to bring their um their kids on and their spouses on so we could hear some of the uh some <laughs> some of the real stories and not just their fluff stories and how they made it sound like they were just like the greatest person ever. But you're going to hear a bunch of different stuff, man. Like I said, the whole purpose of this is just to um really just showcase and highlight dads, man. I'm also going to be able to share with you some um some programs and maybe some events and some different things that go on around around Atlanta mainly. I'll try to make sure I throw in a few other from some other cities, some other states, so that dads can take their kids out to stuff. Some programs, maybe some summer programs, some different things that be going on. So you can take your kids out. You can enjoy some quiet time or some loud time or just some loving one-on-one time with your children. It's all about the dads for this podcast. It's real dads at work. We're on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. Please like, comment, and subscribe to these um, podcasts. They'll be out every Monday at 11 a.m. So check us out. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, comment, subscribe. Join us. And um, if you'd like to share your story, if you'd like to showcase a dad, or you'd like to tell a story, hit me up on Instagram. DM me, and um, I'll respond back, and we can get you on the show, or we can post something on Instagram. I just really want everybody to be able to really showcase and express the love they have for dads and for dads to really showcase and express the love they have for their kids and share experiences. I think it's probably a lot of um, new and upcoming dads who would love to hear what they can expect possibly and what the experiences of the people who have been tried and tested and through it all. Well, until next episode and until you hear us again, folks, uh, Appreciate everybody's going to be checking us out and everybody's going to be listening. Until then, y'all be safe and y'all have a good one.